0: Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Joseph Prince. Joseph is a leading voice in teaching the gospel of grace around the world. Through his television program, teaching resources, and best-selling books, he's impacting millions around the world with God's love, grace, and favor. You can watch Joseph Prince Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 3.30 p.m. Mountain Time on Miracle Channel. Let's dive into the message.
1: We are continuing our teaching on Chesed Wisdom, Grace Wisdom, and uh, we have looked at the person of Solomon. But remember this, some people still have this idea that Solomon grew up with a special brain. And I was sitting with a Jewish uh, leader uh, recently, a a, a statesman, a a prominent man. And uh, I asked him, why do you think that uh, the Jewish people are able to tap into that brain power? You know, he actually has no answer. It is by necessity, but actually, there are a lot of communities that are also confined in, uh, in dire straits and difficult situations where they don't tap into the brain power. But the Jewish people, it is because of God's blessing. They are no special than us, but God called them. And because God called them, God, God is able to release into their lives something that He gave Solomon. And this is uh, found in 1 Kings 4. It says, God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore. For Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the East and all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than all men, than Ethan and Heman and all the rest. And the Bible says that all men came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now, it tells us very clearly that God gave Solomon wisdom. If that is how Solomon got his wisdom, then you and I can rejoice because if God gave it to him, God can give it to us. Can I have a good amen? Obviously, wisdom from God is not cultivated by education. And, and, and the Bible teaches us, uh, let, let's look at, uh, if God gave Solomon, where does, where does this giving take place? how does it come to us? In, in Proverbs chapter 2, it says, for the Lord, let's all read together. For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord gives what? Wisdom. Now the next three words say together. From? Again. Again. From His mouth. The Bible is God brief? The Bible is God brief. 2 Timothy 3 tells us this. But evil man, before we drop down to verse uh, 7, uh, 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The word inspiration of God is the word theos, The word teos means God, neustos, which is brief. All Scripture in the Bible is God breathed, and God made man from the dust of the ground. That's His body. So man was like a mannequin. And God breathed into man, and man became a living soul. It was the breath of God that made man a living soul. And all Scripture is God breathed. That's why man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If this is god breathe our very existence, our life, even our health, depends on the Word of God. If we are lacking in that life force, in that health, amen, then we can go to the Word because uh, God's breath is all over this Word. Amen. We can breathe in the breath of God that gave us life in the first place. Can I have a good amen? And that's why in Proverbs 4, verse 22, it says about God's words, they, they, God's words, are life to those who find them, and health to how much of their flesh? To all their flesh. So spending time with God's Word is able to give you life and health to all your body. Don't don't try to to spiritualize this. It doesn't say health to your spirit. It's health to all, to all your flesh. Amen. Some medicines are specifically targeted like a magic bullet for one particular organ, one particular condition, but God's Word is the only medicine that is health to all our flesh. You can have a good amen? And that's why going back to 2 uh, Timothy, it tells us about the end times. You go back uh, verses earlier, verse 13. It tells us about the time. This is Paul's swan song. It was the last letter that Paul wrote. He said, I fought a good fight in this letter. I've kept the faith. I finished my course. Paul's race is up. He wants to meet the Lord. And this is the last letter he wrote. And uh, he he talks about the times that we'll live in. He talks about our times. He prophesied about the future. And this is what he said, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Isn't it true that even though we evangelize and we try to reach as many people as possible with the gospel of Jesus Christ and thank God, many are responding, amen? Many are responding to the gospel. But then, the fact remains that in the world, Paul prophesied in the days that you you and I live in, evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse. They will deceive and and people will be deceived. Don't be deceived. How can we not be deceived?
0: We're so glad you tuned into the podcast today. Here at Miracle Channel, our mission has always stayed the same, to reach every home in Canada with the truth about Jesus. But Miracle Channel's reach goes far beyond this podcast. Through our TV broadcasts, daily devotional, streaming service, and multiple podcasts, thousands of people like you are growing closer to Jesus every day. Learn more about Miracle Channel and download our resources by clicking the link in our show notes. We hope that you are blessed by this teaching today, and we want to say thank you for listening to the Miracle Channel podcast.
1: You know, today we live in a world where wrong is right and right is wrong they are redefining a lot of things. And uh, our children are confused if we don't give them definitions about life. Amen. Uh, Even the definition of holiness, for example. Uh, Holiness is not just, uh, oh, you know, uh, you, you live in such a way that you look down on other people. You know, people have this idea of holiness like, I'm holier than you. Stay your, stay your ground don't come near me. I'm holier than you." No, this stinking this uh, pride, amen. This is This is what Jesus uh, uh, came against, amen. Jesus' holiness was such that He never compromised on, 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 on sin. He never compromised. He never came down to the level of the people He ministered to, yet He moved amongst them as one of them. Uh, the, 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 the appellation that the Pharisees put on against him was meant to insult. They, they call him the friend of sinners. And yet, it became a most glorious brand of grace that he would wear everywhere he goes. Amen. A friend of sinners. What a wonderful appellation. Amen. Of our Lord Jesus. But his holiness wasn't such that You know, it's like holier than thou, don't come near me. In fact, He invited them to come to Him. He touched the leper and they were cleansed. He cast out demons. He uh, ministered healing to the blind. He raised the dead and He moved amongst them, blessing them, always healing, always repairing, always lifting, always encouraging, always showing God to them, what God really is like. And that's holiness. Holiness is uncommonness. The opposite of holiness is not sin, the opposite of holiness is common, commonness. So when God says, I make you holy, even in the Hebrew, the word kadosh, and in the Greek for holiness, hagios, it all means set apart. There are some things in your house, it is so special, you set it apart under lock and key. Amen? Even your clothes that you like, you separate them from other clothes because you know that uh, it cannot get crumpled like other clothes is special and all that because you value them. Well, holiness means set apart for God's purposes and plans. Amen. It is not holier-than-thou attitude. It is actually being princely, being the sons and daughters of God. God says, you are now sons and daughters of God. Walk worthy of the calling by which He called you. God called you for the heavenly call. So when people are around you, they sense like they are with someone who smells the atmosphere of heaven, and yet the person is relatable, the person is homely, yet there is something that will not compromised on the, the, the morality or the moral atmosphere of that day. Can you understand what I'm saying? And the Word of God is able to bring you to that place. When you read God's Word, Jesus said it like this, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. And then he said this, for their sakes, I sanctify myself. So if sanctification is just as don't sin, some people say holiness means don't sin. If that is defined as holiness or sanctification, then what did Jesus mean when he say, for their sakes, I sanctify myself? Jesus has no sin. No, the word sanctify means set apart for God's purposes. That means you become uncommon. Where most people are depressed, you have the peace of God that passes understanding. Where most people are, are crushed and, 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 and um, you know, they, they are really uh, uh, looking for answers, you walk with certainty because you know who loves you and you know the calling by which He called you. Can I have a good amen? So the Lord gives wisdom. Amen? And, and it says that, what must you do when in the world of deceiving and being deceived? You must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures." Paul is writing to Timothy, telling him, remember this, right? From childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures that is breathed by God. These Holy Scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And the Word which are able to make you wise, the word able there is dynamite, dynamic, dynamo. Is from the word do not miss, it is able to dynamite you into wisdom, it is able to empower you, it's able to make you wise. Actually, the word to make you wise is one Greek word sophizo or sophizo, the word sophia. In the verb form, it's sophizo. It's able to make you Sophia. It's able to make you wise. By the way, Sophia is the, the, the Hebrew for hokma for wisdom. The most frequently used word for wisdom in the Old Testament is Hokmah." In the Greek translation, the Septuagint of the Old Testament, where it says hokma, it says Sophia. Right? Sophia is hokma in Hebrew, which is the wisdom that God gives. Now, there's wisdom that God gives to the world as well to govern the earth, to govern the nations, to come up with innovative ideas for the betterment of mankind's lives. You know, there's a wisdom that God, God caused His rain to fall on the just and the unjust, His sun to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous, but there is a wisdom that God gives only to His children. And this comes from the Scriptures, which are able to make you wise. Wise. It's able to make you wise. Unto what? unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ." Now, listen, many of us think that, well, it's just for that purpose to make us, to bring us to a saving knowledge of Jesus, and then it's done. No, no, no. This verse is not talking about just a saving knowledge. The word salvation is an all-encompassing word. It is the word for healing. This word salvation, soteria, is the word for healing. Is the word for wholeness. It's the word for completeness, Is the word for peace, Is the word for prosperity. Amen. So when Jesus came, had it in Greek, right? God would have said, call His name Soteria. But because it's Hebrew, He came as a, as a Jew, God says, call His name Yeshua, which is the Hebrew for Soteria in the Greek. It's an all-encompassing word. When they touch Him, whatever they need, alright, salvation imparted to them. If they need healing, it was healing. If they need uh, five loaves and two fish to multiply to feed the, hu- the hunger of, of more than 5,000 people, it became so. Whatever the need was, salvation was there to provide. Can I have a good amen? So, God's words, as you spend time with it, is able to make you wise. So, faiso you to all the salvation, that rich word salvation, whether you need healing, whether you need uh, 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 a supply in your life, is able to make you wise for that and release faith in you, faith in Christ. Isn't it wonderful? So, the Word of God is able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Let's suppose one day you are reading God's Word. Not only it has this holy effect, sanctifying effect, sometimes you can feel it, but don't depend on feeling. When you are sick, the best thing to do is to spend time, especially at home, right? Or something in the hospital, R.I.B, rest in bed. C-R-I-B, creep, completely rest in bed you got plenty of time to read. Amen. You can relax. You can just read. And uh, uh, the world we live in today, even in the dark, you can read without, you know, disturbing your wife or your husband. But reading is a lost art. When you spend time reading the Word of God, it has an effect of life and therapeutic and healing. We, we, we learned that just now. Not only that, it has an impartation of wisdom. You're no more the same. You don't have to understand everything. When a child washes his hands, he doesn't know all the components of uh, H2O and uh, all the, the, the chemicals that make up the water and, and whatnot. All he has to do is use it. God's Word is not for you to understand everything. I don't understand everything. I'm still learning, like every one of you. At the age of 35, thank God, I still a lot more to go. But, you know, when you wash your hands, the boy doesn't understand everything, is his, are his hands still clean? Yes. Amen. Just use it. If you read God's Word, it has cleansing effect. It has a healing effect. The word "Rafa" it comes from the Hebrew word, the root word is "Rafa," which is let go, relax. I don't know, I, I can't explain to you. It's not like when I read God's Word, straight away I get healed, but there is a relaxing effect. I start feeling like, you know, I'm in touch with reality, I'm in touch with the truth, yet there's some very, I would say, uh, even gory details and violence in the Bible. Yet there is a beauty in how it all turns out that sort of like has a therapeutic effect on me. When I see God in it, I get hope. I find courage. Amen. Can I have a good amen? Supposing you're, read, you're reading one day and you're about to confront your husband about some bad habit he has or, you know, something, or you're about to confront your teenage boy about something and all that, and you're reading your Bible for that day. I'm just giving an example of Sophia Zo, how word is able to make you wise. And let's say uh, you're about to give the, the tough approach, you know, And, or you might be a young person, you're wondering what kind of speech you should have because all your friends are using profanity and vulgarity and and it's kind of cool. You don't use it means you're you're out of it, you're not cool and all that, you know, and you're wondering uh, what kind of speech to have. Well, one day you're reading the Word of God and you're wondering how to influence uh, this person who is a person of influence himself, okay, whatever it is. Then you come to Proverbs 25. You read, you're reading this: "By long forbearing is a prince persuaded, and a soft tongue break off the bone." So you're reading this, and you're wondering, I'm going for an interview or I'm meeting up with my boss, I want to talk to my boss about this or whatever. How do I impact this person of influence? And God is saying, "By long forbearing." Or you want to talk to your husband or your wife? And, and you, you know, many times when you get aggravated, your flesh is getting aggravated. It's not your spirit, right? Your flesh is getting aggravated. You can never, you can never impact someone when your flesh is being aggravated. Flesh activates flesh. And then the flesh activates the flesh. And then in return, the flesh activates the flesh. That's how husbands and wives fight. Amen? Somewhere along the way, someone needs to have long forbearing. Long forbearing means what? The two best you must have in your marriage is bear and forbear. And if she wants to bring along, she can bring, we need the pool bear. All right? But, but if someone is long forbearing, you listen to the person. You let your husband say it out, talk it out, or you let your wife share her heart out. Just like the Queen of Sheba, she came to King Solomon. And the Bible says she asked him all the hard questions that's on her heart. The king here is a picture of Jesus Christ, our king, who is the greater than Solomon. What's the response from the king? When you reveal your heart to Him, the Bible says there was not a thing that Solomon did not answer her or revealed to her that was on his heart. In other words, when you come to God, don't come with this protocol prayer, Oh, Almighty God, we know You're the Great One and we come to You, you know, and God is, you got to, then Angel, what is he talking about? Angel says, Lord, matter of time, you'll give up. No, come to God, Abba, Father, and then tell Him your worries and your cares. Tell him, I'm worried about this, about my son. I'm worried about this. I have this fear about this symptom in my body. I've got this concern about this. Uh, I'm afraid I'm losing my mind. I'm afraid of whatever it is, tell the Lord. Pour out your heart like Queen of Sheba did. She poured out all her heart questions that's on her heart to King Solomon. And the king, in turn, did not hold back one thing that was on his heart in terms of the answers. So as you open up to the Lord, many a times I find... I to mean, take a walk and just pour out my heart to the Lord. Things that you cannot even reveal to your best friend. Things that are so intimate. You just tell God, the more honest you are, the more you'll find this experience an amazing one because you'll find God's response. Something that comes back like a uh, peace. Sometimes it may not come there and there, but the answer comes the next day or the day after. It will come. As you pour out your heart, you expose your heart to the Lord, the Lord opens up his heart to you and he gives you the secrets of his heart. You can have a good amen? So, you learn by long forbearing is a prince. A prince is someone of influence, someone of, of position, and the person can make things uh, different for you. So, you, you learn by long forbearing. It can be your wife. She's a princess in your house, right? How do you persuade her? By long forbearing. And, in case you are buying into this philosophy of tough talk from Iron Man, from all the heroes and the superheroes and all that, alright? Uh, you know, you learn from the Word of God, it's a soft tongue that breaks the bone. The real Iron Man, if he's married to a wife, he will have to learn to speak gently to her as well. Amen? You cannot just go around with profanities all the time and expect a happy marriage. Alright? So you learn a soft tongue is so powerful, it breaks the bone. But words that remain until, uh, until today are words that our Lord spoke. Great men have spoken down through history with no profanities. And it's remained to this day. And it still transforms lives. Our Lord Jesus is a perfect example. And His words still transform lives. A soft tongue is so powerful, don't underestimate, it breaks the bone. I just want to say this to you. Do you know that in spite of the wisdom of Solomon in all these areas, you know, he departed from the Lord. He left the Lord. And therefore, His wisdom became corrupted. Whatever you do when you are separated and you lost, can you understand when I say? You need that vital contact with Jesus every day. We know we are the body of Christ and there can be no separation. I understand that. But you know what I mean when I say we need a vital contact with Jesus. You all know when there's a contact with Jesus, something streams and flows from Him into your spirit. You can't explain it, but you know it. There's life. There's a quickening.